When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lafondra looking to get caught side of Vaughn. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 Reading. Three points Reading. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls preview podcast supported by Phantom Bruco. Well, there's a lot of bad news to come today. Uh, none of it's really good for Reading Football Club. But to help me talk through it, I've been joined by James Earnshaw from the Reading Chronicle. James, how you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks, Paul. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. I heard a rumour. Uh, I'm I'm in the know here, officially, <laughs> that you've spent a bit of time in Amsterdam. How was it? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, nice to get away for a bit. Get a bit of change of scenery, uh, but now firmly back in the uh, depressive mode of running football club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Encouraging people to continue listening. Bad news, <laughs> depressive. But the big question is, have you in Reading FC style come back injured? No, no. Fully fit and raring to go. Excellent, excellent. Get you out on the pitch then. Uh, you can replace uh, Tom Ince then on Saturday. I'd like to see that. Do you reckon, you, do you reckon you're up for the job or do you reckon that might be a bit of stretch reporting and playing? No, no, I reckon I could do the job. I, I'll get someone else to fill in uh, on the on the uh, old gantry. I'll uh, be a bit David Dunn-esque. I think I'm more of his build than Tom Ince is. But uh, he had a decent career out of him. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll fill in. David Dunn. I remember that absolute <laughs> scream he scored for uh, Blackburn against us in the Premier League. Mm. It was quite yeah, stocky, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, well, the problem is, what happened is what was happening here, James, is we're sidetracking, aren't we? We're not, <laughs> we're not talking about all the bad stuff that actually is the reality of Reading FC. You've just had a presser with Paul Lenz, and there's nothing good. There's nothing good from it, apart from one thing that we'll come to at the end. But he's been talking about the six-point deduction, and he says that's imminent in the next 48 mm. hours. What's your thoughts on this, James? Because he cannot have been in a good mood about this. No, yeah, well, it's been coming for a while, isn't it, really? It's frustrating that it's even taken this long, to be honest. Um, it's been hanging over the club for God knows how long and just needs some clarity, really. I mean, everyone's been coming up with their own theses on um, sort of why and how. Um, but until someone comes out, preferably Bowen, and, and sits down in front of a camera or in front of a laptop and, and tells fans exactly how it is, um, and how they plan on fixing it, then, um, you know, it's going to get fans worried. But ultimately, everything now relies on the pitch, and Ince and the team need to get enough points over the last eight games to, to keep us up. Yeah, we're not going to get into uh, how this happened in the EFL and all the situations with, um, uh, you know, failing the restrictions, as it looks highly likely, because none of us actually know exactly mm. what has happened to create this and they just create more speculation by doing that so let's get on to the injury update now we've just had an international break and in true rfc style we've ended up with more injuries i mean (laughs) it's just i'm sorry but i have to laugh because otherwise i go completely crazy here tom ince is a serious doubt scott dan's a serious doubt i mean that's less of a shock but andy carroll also struggling with a groin over having surgery 
the one little thing that was a slight upbeat note, and it could be quite a major one, was Yaku Mate. Let's start on that and then get to the depressing ones, uh, James. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, good little bit of a nugget of news. Hopefully, he uh, comes back and hits the ground running. Lucas Zhao's obviously been in, in good form over the international break, and he's should be fully fit. We need sort of the Zhao of old to, to rock up today. I mean, I think he's done pretty well in the last couple of games. We've sort of seen a different side to Zhao as we did at the beginning of the season. He's been running more, he's been holding the ball up well, he's been taking the odd shot when he gets a chance to. And, you know, an informed Zhao compared to an outformed Zhao could be the difference between staying up and going down because no one else is getting enough goals to to stake a claim to, to stay up. So maybe it's down to Zhao now. Yeah. Well, we always believe in Lucas Zhao. Um, I think he will <laughs> come good. <laughs> I'd have to get that one in. <laughs> yeah, that was, a good um, one. that was a good one. I think he will um, uh, hopefully get us two or three vital goals between now and the end of the season. Just some chances for him would be nice, wouldn't it? Mm. I mean... We can talk about the one that he had against Hull City, but that's the only one he had in the whole game. But Scott Dan, I think he is replaceable with Mbenge. So that kind of mm. we can deal with. But Tom Mintz is a player who's really split fan opinion. His behaviour in the last game wasn't right at all. But over the whole season, he has had a positive impact. And I think we are going to miss not having him on the pitch in many ways. But just that attitude last time was just horrible from him. Yeah, yeah, that, that was out of order with the whole Tom Home stuff. And he's been doing it for a few weeks. It's been bubbling over. Ultimately, though, like just how I you know, see him and his dad, they, they just want to win by, by any means necessary. And it boils over in the wrong way at times. Um, but, you know, you can't doubt that the sort of he, he put, his heart is in the right place. Um, he's very popular. We're told he's very popular within the, within the dressing room. Um, Cassidy's been doing a decent job in terms of sort of linking the, the defence and, the, and the attack um, but yeah he will be hard, hard to replace and it's it's time for the next academy graduate to pop up and, and stake a claim for ahead of maybe next season maybe haven't really had one sort of properly break through this season but Pauline hasn't got a choice this year he's got to put this you know end of the season has got to put them in and, and they've got to stand up and be counted yeah, we just need one or two moments from it. It's like so much pressure on them. I mean, you can't have any expectation on these young players coming into the team. The situation they're coming into is horrible. But if they do manage to come up with one or two golden moments, it would be amazing for them and great for their career as well. But it's such a bad place to be that we're relying on possibly an academy player to come in in a relegation battle with a six-point deduction looking incredibly likely. <laughs> It's just so bad. I mean, I, I don't know how to sum it up. As a fan, it's so frustrating to see what we're going through. You feel like the team is actually good enough to stay up because the points total show that. But in reality, they could be stuffed again by events off the pitch where they have no impact on. It, it is really hard for those players to get through this, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, you can you can see why the players might drop their shoulders i mean you know fans would like to think that they'll be professional and, and keep going but you know they as far as they're concerned they've done their job i mean two points would be probably mathematically safe but over the next eight games they would be more than clear of, of the bottom three and no one thought they had a chance at the beginning of the season prove people wrong and just as they thought they were going to get away with it they've had a right kick in the in the you know what's and you know sometimes it's hard to pick yourself back up again to, to go again especially so late in the season had this been sort of January sort of time, you'd have had half a season to wrap your heads around it and, and get over it. But I think it was 13 games, I think, last year it took to get a win after the deduction. I mean, if they do that this year, they're down. 
there's no no two ways about it. So, I mean, I guess the one sort of weirdly good thing is a, a lot of the players are used to it now. A lot of them were still here last year when they had a deduction. It shouldn't be new news to them, and they should know how to deal with it. But you know, it's um, not going to be easy, and, and the proof will be in the pudding on on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday we're taking eighteen hundred of us are still going. Yeah, it's a close one, but you've got to say well done to everyone who's going to that one. There'll be three of us going from EPR. Um, I I question myself why I'm doing it quite a lot of the time. <laughs> I really do, I really do. But um, you just live in the hope of that moment mm. that you see an away win. I mean, yeah, all logic points to us uh, not getting anything there, but you've got to respect all the fans going, having you, James. Oh god, yeah, yeah, it's a massive turnout, third third biggest away turnout of the season so far. And you know, ultimately, no matter what's happened on and off the pitch, the players need the fan support now more than ever. I mean, the players weren't the ones that you know that that did whatever has happened and and put them in a deduction. And the players, you know, they're, they're struggling. You know, they're out of form, but they need you know they don't need people getting on their backs. They need people supporting them, and they need to that final little push over the line. And I'm hoping. That, you know, if they're shooting towards the Reading fans in the second half, that that sort of, you know, 1800 can pull the ball into the net and, and have another a big moment like Sheffield United or, or Barnsley or, you know, a big moment that galvanises the fans. Because at the minute, the fans feel more split than together and that isn't going to help anything. No, I think you make a key point there. The players have actually put in a really big effort this season. Yeah, they haven't been great for a while, but there's lots of reasons for that. And it's not surprising. A lot of them are just knackered. They just played too mm. many games and... You know, that's why they're with us is because they can't maintain that form over a long period of time. A lot of them, we've got the oldest squad, I think, in the league, if not the second. Um, all these things add up. But here we go, then. What's your prediction going to be then, James? It's not one that either of us want to make, is it? I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to start this off. I'm going to go for a one all draw. You took the words out of my mouth, Paul. That's what I was going to say. I know. <laughs> so I'll go for... I'll go for a scrappy 2-1 Reading win. Just the tonic we need after a uh, a long, hard week just to calm calm everybody down a bit, you know, earn back half of those points that would have been taken away, presumably, um, you know, and start to get a bit of positive momentum, you know, going into our home games because there are still winnable games in there. If the players can get this out of their system, you know, sooner rather than later, we've still got two teams in the bottom three to face. We've got Birmingham who are hovering around there. You know, so if they can get back to to winning, because let's face it, this season they've been good at winning the games they should be winning, and there's there's games in there that Reading should be winning, and if we can win those, then we'll be safe anyway, even with the deduction. So you've got a, you know, no point dwelling over spilt milk. You know the um, the explanations and and the and the analysis will all come you know out in the wash, but for now we just got to support the players and and see what they can do on the weekend. Yeah, totally agree with all that. Uh, well said, James. And uh, I don't think there's anything else to be said. I think you've uh, managed to finish this on a rather upbeat mode for me. I'm feeling like I'm ready to go now. I'm ready to rumble. <laughs> so keep on listening. We will have the opposition view with a Bristol City fan coming up with Matt in just a moment. Thanks for listening to this band. Oh, I do hope you're right, James. I really do hope you're right with that prediction. Hello everyone and welcome back to the second part of the Elm Park Royals preview podcast. Um, we've of course now flipped over to the view from the opposition. We're going to be previewing the game obviously against Bristol um, and to do so we've got Matthew from Three Peeps in a podcast. How are you doing? I'm good thank you Matt. Yeah thanks for the invite mate. 
no pleasure to pleasure to have you have you along and uh yeah um obviously looking towards the game this weekend against bristol city we'll dive straight into it yeah, yeah. bristol city this year have been uh, it's 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 an odd one we were talking about it before and it's like you've almost got to this steady state now of probably somewhere that reading fc can only dream about and that's the <laughs> mid-table mediocrity it feels a bit like that yeah i mean we had um we started off i was, I was just looking back funnily enough um, we started off with a couple of um, relatively poorish results. I mean, um, we should have beat Hull when we we, well, we should have got something out of Hull away the first game of the season. Then first a game against Sunderland, we lost three two. Um, then we drew against Wigan. It was all a little bit dark, and then we had a couple of decent results and went on a little bit of a run where we we got some you know some some decent wins. But then in and around sort of Christmas time, um, and I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about the manager, but even the manager himself, Nigel Pearson, felt that he was possibly close to losing his job. Um, it was one of those things, and we, and we played West Brom on Boxing Day, and we lost 2-0, I think, from memory. Um, and we were rubbish, absolute rubbish. Um, but it, it, it almost then galvanised the, the, the team. And then we went on a really good run, um, and probably secured the the mediocrity that you're talking about, which at one stage, you know, I, I was very much and I am very much a fan that let's get safe and then we'll see where we go. Um, and that's probably not the modern way of looking at things now. But I was pretty fearful that we, we could be staring at a relegation battle. And I didn't think that there were the teams in the league that would be, you know, the, the Derbys who had their points deduction, Wickham's who, you know, had, had sort of come up. Um, and I genuinely feared for our sort of survival this year. But as I said, we went on a decent run. Some of the players really stepped up. A couple of the youngsters in particular, Tommy Conway, Alex Scott. Um, and we turned it around. And, and then, yeah, we've, we've, we've been do- we, we, we were doing OK. We're on a really good unbeaten run. Um, and then that was brought to an abrupt end in the seven-side derby against Cardiff, which is never very good. Um, and then I think we got a, a victory after that from memory against Blackpool. Um, a pretty poor game and draw, nil-nil away at Huddersfield. And then we've lost two on the banks at Luton and Swansea um, when we didn't really play very well in either of those. So our form recently hasn't been great. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure what to expect on Saturday, if I'm honest with you, Matt. Well, kind of looking at it, it's one win in five for you guys in the league mm. now, that one win coming against Blackpool. Before then, like you say, you went unbeaten in nine and kind of almost became just a really tough team to beat one nils one ones i mean what 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 was the was there any shift in kind of play style or so so certainly although nigel pearson um i don't think would agree but i think most of the fan base would say that he, he shifted to going from a, a three at the back or five at the back whichever way you want to look at it um to going back to a four um and it really suited the players more um, I don't know what it is with Bristol City managers, but we seem to have this habit of playing players in not their favoured positions. Um, Square pegs in round holes. Exactly. <laughs> you know, we, we've, we've, our top scorer, Andy Vyman, last season, um, and he had 21 goals or 20 goals and 10 assists, something like that. Um, he's played right wing back for us at times, which seems remarkable. Um, and in fairness, because of some of the injuries we've had, we have had to shift players around. We've also had a, a really concerted effort to try and shift some of the, the big wage earners out of the club. 
Um, we've got a, a number of long-term injuries. So there has been reasons why players have been played out of position, but um, it's just been a strange one. And certainly after that West Brom game, we, we went back to a four, um, picked up a couple of good results. And, and I think it's a common thing with any club, but confidence. When you're winning games, players want to play and then that breeds confidence. And then it's surprising how many of those games you end up wins in I mean a lot of that unbeaten were, were, were draws but we we put in some really good performances played some really good football um ironically Blackpool Blackpool were, were pretty poor on the day um and Huddersfield was was possibly the worst team that I'd seen um I, I will be and I don't mean to be disparaging to Huddersfield because they've had their own trials and tribulations this season um but I would be amazed if Huddersfield don't get relegated because they were so, so bad. And yet we only drew nil-nil with them. So they can arguably say the same with us. So <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a bit of a, a strange season. Not not quite the um the roller coaster that we used to get with Lee Johnson. Um I said to you off air that you know Lee, Lee had a nickname of Streaky Lee because we would go on runs of six, seven wins in a row, but would then lose eight, nine games in a row. And that and that happened a number of occasions. It's not quite like that with Nigel Pearson. Um, other than the the end of his first season, we we didn't win a game in in God knows how many, and even last season we didn't finish well. But he still kept the large majority of the fan base, um, and I think with with blood in the youngsters that he has, um, again through necessity in some some sort of situations, but by doing that we've seen a a, a better brand of football. Um, and really, up until probably, well, def- definitely the, the Luton-Swansea games, there was even some fans talking about, could we make a sneaky playoff place? You know, um, that was never on the cards for me. And I, I love how fans dare to dream. But even Nigel Pearson sort of said, you know, we'll give it a go and see where we get. So, yeah, it was. it's just a shame, really, that it's fallen off the last couple of weeks. And I think there's now an element of most think we're now safe. And therefore, we're looking at the summer, what other players will leave the club and what, what we then bring in. And next season, I think, will be a massive season for Nigel Pearson. Yeah. Well, I think, to be honest, with eight games to go, 48 points, imminent points deduction for Reading as well, seemingly coming. Um, yeah, I think you guys are probably just about safe. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> I, I think most fans talk about the 50 points, don't yeah. they? But... Um, yeah, it's it's it, more it would take a hell of a run. Yeah. yeah, it would take a hell of a run for the teams sort of the bottom three now. Mm. Um, plus, as you say, you know, obviously you've you've got that points deduction hanging over you. Form hasn't been brilliant. QPR's form has been really poor. So, mm. yeah, it would be a hell of a shock, I think, if we didn't. But Nigel Pearson was at pains to say in his press conference today, he wants us to finish as strong as we, as we mm. possibly can. Um, and I think fans want that as well, because you want to go into the summer and it will be a long summer this year. But you want to go into the summer with that degree of optimism and thinking, you know, right. Yeah, with with a few few different sort of tweaks, a couple of signings here and there, we've got a chance next season. Um, you know, I'm I'm old enough that I got to see Bristol City in the first division as it was then. Um, and even though I'm I'm only sort of early 50s, I'm already sort of thinking, God, I hope I see us in the Premier League in my lifetime. Because <laughs> you just don't know. And so many fans could turn around and say, yeah, but Bournemouth have done it. And, you know, all these other clubs, Brentford have done it. Absolutely. But their their infrastructure has been very good. Or they've had that little bit of luck. And I think unless you're a big side with parachute payments, you need that little bit of luck one season. You've got to have a right group of players, everybody pulling for each other. And again, as we talked off air, someone who's banging in the goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. yeah, we've... 
you know, I think our top scorer is Naki Wells this season with something like 10 or 11 goals, which you're never going to be fighting for promotion with that. No. Well, I think Andre Ryman must be one of the first 20 goal a season players to play wing back, um, I think. Was, and um, maybe if he goes up top. Yeah, <laughs> it was a surprise for us, believe me, you know. But in fairness, um, he ended up, it was a game last season away at Blackburn where he played. I think that might have been the first game that he played in that position. And he ended up scoring in the last oh, minute. It was a, a shank, a shank from Joe Williams. That's where it all went wrong shot. for him. Yeah, well, that it was is it. where it yeah. all went wrong. It's why yeah. you never play good when, or never yeah. play well when you're being he, played out of position. He, he scored. Um, I don't know if it was in the opener, but certainly in the home game against Sunderland, I think he scored. Um, and then he went on a bit of a barren run, and then he had, he's had an injury, so it's been a bit of a stop-start season for Andy Vyman. Um, I think he will probably play well, dependent on injuries. Um, it looks like our, our kind of star, or one of our star youngsters, we've got a few, but um, Alex Scott, who it seems the football world are talking about, um, he's he's in lots of sort of, you know, web web sort of podcasts and, and one thing or another, but he picked up an injury on, on England duty for the, the, the youngsters the other night, um, a knee injury, and, and certainly is going to be missing Saturday. So I think Andy Vyman might get the nod in the number 10 position, but dependent on what else. That's what mm. Nigel Pearson does. We've also got Mark Sykes missing. Um, he's been playing either right wing back or right right side of the three. Um, he picked up a, a four-game ban because it was his second sending off. Um, and it was retrospectively the, the Swansea game. Um, he was sort of picked up, kicking out it, um, Ryan Manning. So he's, he's ended up getting a, a full-game ban because it's his second, uh, his second suspension this season. Mm. Well, it's it's that point in the season. Injuries are coming a plenty, and it's been a yeah. long season. So, um, so yeah, I yeah. read you. You've got quite a few injuries going. It's, yeah, it's eight or nine again it, at this yeah. point. I mean, we've been relatively good most of the season with injuries. To start of the season, I mean, Ince was always saying we're down to the bare bone, seemingly, but we had you know 10 11 players out injured and we're kind of back there again it's yeah it's yeah. injuries are never seemingly far away in the championship yeah. no matter who you're playing uh, for. Think you're right. so, it's, it's yeah. that saturday tuesday situation isn't it? and, and mm. it's such a competitive league that you're going to get that but we've we've had a lot of um over the last couple of years a lot of hamstring sort of injuries we've got a, a lad that we signed from luton carl naismith who started off playing in a three at the back um and did okay did okay in terms of look really comfortable on the ball, but um, gave a number of opportunities away, cost us some goals. Um, and again, through circumstance, and when we switched, he ended up moving into um, sort of into the midfield and, and more of a defensive midfielder. And that really made a difference. Mm-hmm. Now, potentially, he might be back on the weekend. So he'd been out for a good number of weeks. Um, and again, yeah, with like a, a either a groin or a hamstring, we seem to pick up those types of injuries. So um, it will be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, um, just just kind of on a fi- final one, kind of looking ahead for you guys. I mean, we again we talked about it off air. You've touched upon it a bit, um, already in this episode. Kind of from a from a Bristol City standpoint, going forwards, Nigel Pearson, two full seasons in charge came in in I think it was February twenty one. Now played, yeah, yeah, Jack played said, yeah. He's managed 107 games for you guys. Win percentage only, though, of 30.84%. Yeah. Which is normally of the lower end. That's normally well, when your head's It's on normally bye-bye time, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, is he the guy to it, take you forward, do you think? It's a strange one. I mean, I think I think fans of of my kind of age group, and um, so not, not the real youngsters, um, absolutely feel that Nigel Pearson was the right appointment. 
uh, I say absolutely, I, I've got a couple of mates of mine who don't, but feel that we needed that strong-minded individual and someone who was going to um, really look at the way the club was kind of set up and um, make sure that, that, that players that were there wanted to be there. And, and you know, we, we talked about the sort of Incy talking about players putting in shifts and stuff, but, you know, Nigel Pearson has come in, um, we had some good good results early on in his, his sort of tenure. Then, you know, it, it fell off, as I said, at the end of the season. Then. And his record really, um, I remember we lost a game to Coventry last season when they went down to 10 men and, and we lost it, I think, 3-2 in the end. It might even have been 4-3. Um, and after the game, I was doing some some research with someone looking at the, the win percentages. And Nigel Pearson's record was the second worst of any Bristol City manager. Um and you, you felt then, that, no, exactly. <laughs> and you felt then that a, a change may come. Um, I've met him a few times. I really like him personally. I know he's really popular with the staff of, around the, the the ground, the training centre. Um, he, we, you know, we mentioned about his press conferences. He doesn't suffer fools in the press conference. And I, I haven't got a problem with it. Um, he gets asked some, some pretty inane questions at times. And he gives the answer that the question merits, really. So I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Um, it's felt probably since Christmas and since the, the transfer window, we've signed a couple of good players. Um, we've got a lad from from your neck of the woods, Wickham, um, a lad called Anis Mametti, who looks a really good player. He's going to take some time to re-establish himself in the championship, but he's a, he's a skillful player. As I say, we've blooded a number of youngsters. Um, and it feels like it's a bit of a reset. Um, we know we, we you know we got rid of our number one goalkeeper really Dan Bentley he went to Wolves um, we've got Casey Palmer went to Coventry so we've got some big wagers off and and in the summer there will be more to go um, and there's a feeling that the summer will allow him to get in players that we want players that I think probably most fans would like to see you go out and sign a Harry Kane if you had that kind of money, not that Harry Kane would ever come to Bristol City, but, you know, big, big signings in, and multi-millions. We're just not in that place anymore. You know, we we, we, we took that risk um, under Lee Johnson and, and Mark Ashton when he was the, the, the chief exec there. Um, and it didn't work out. We, we signed players on long-term contracts on big, big money. Didn't work out. I think the the, the set this time around, we've got Brian Tinian, um a legend ex-player who's sort of um, director of football in there. Um, and he's come out and sort of said, you know, we're looking at players from not just necessarily lower leagues, but players who are up and coming, whereas we've perhaps signed players who were um, not on their way down, but players who perhaps had seen their better days. Um, they're looking at a different shift. So I think the summer allows Nigel Pearson to do that. It will be interesting to see what we sign. I think Brian's sort of talked about three or four signings. I think most fans think probably five or six, but but that will also depend that, you know, I talked about our, our sort of diamond Alex Scott. Um, we'll be really, really surprised if we hold on to Alex Scott in the summer because there's so much talk about him. Um, and if we get a, a, a sort of 20, 25 million bid, he, he's going to go. Can't you turn know. that down, can you? Exactly. No. And it allows us to then make four or five, six signings. So, mm. Um, and it's a shame because you, you want to see um, those sort of players playing in your shirt. I want to see him in the red and white of Bristol City and him taking us to the Premier League. But I think it will probably come a little bit too soon. And if we get the right investment, as I say, with a fair wind, 
we should be looking at top 10 and challenging playoffs. And then you never know. You know, I, I look at Luton. Um, we've done just incredibly with, you know, we've signed two players from Luton, Naismith um, and Harry Cornick, because we, you know, we could pay them more than they were getting at Luton. You know, the Luton sort of um, chief exec has come out and openly said that. And yet they're, whatever they are, third or fourth in, we're 14th. So yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I it's... think summer summer will be the big, the big test for Nigel Pearson and then probably into, you know, up to kind of October, November, and it will be interesting to see where we are then because he's, he's only then got next season on his contract. Mm-hmm. Well, there's eight games still to go this season. Obviously, the, the the weekend is obviously the turn of Reading FC to play to play you guys. Um, coming coming into the game, um, for for players to kind of look out for. I mean, you've mentioned Mometi, um, uh, you've mentioned yep. Scott might not be playing. You've also got other players in there. Pring at the back, um, yeah. you, you know, has been really really good for you guys all through the season. Um, I mean, who really should Reading be be looking out for? Do you think so? Campering definitely is is quality. Um, played um, defence or essentially defence um, because of again a necessity, but is much more of a, a, a left-sided kind of wing back or left back, whichever way we play. Um, Matty James in midfield has been out a couple of weeks again with an injury and is an established sort of Championship player, but has really grown over the last sort of few months. He's really been a, a, a top top player for us. Um, I think the the other ones that I would sort of say to look out for, and it will be interesting to see whether he starts or not, but we've got a young lad, Tommy Conway, who is is brilliant, um, a really, really top quality um, striker. We've got another sort of striker, Sam Bell, who's also done well. So they're probably the ones that, that would, would catch the eye. Um, I think if, if Tommy Conway features, yeah, you, I think you'll notice him. Mimetti, because he's he's a, a kind of step over, cut inside, kind of a, a really, a, a, a player that fans Crowd pleaser. Exactly yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> Probably frustrates some of the older generation at times, but um, he gets us off our seat, which is which is what we all want, isn't it? Yeah. But, and uh, probably yeah, ones they're, the away they're probably, fans as well. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're probably the ones, that, and Naismith, if, if Naismith starts, he's, he's, he's a really on the ball. Um, Carl Naismith can really find a pass, a pass and, um, you know, his, his delivery is excellent. So, um, but I think injuries and three of those players, James Naismith, Conway, have all been out for a, a considerable amount of time. It's whether Nigel Pearson wants to start them or not. And I don't think he will, certainly not all three. Ah, that's fair enough. Well, I mean, as well, kind of looking, looking at your home form, coming into it, 10th in the home table, um, eight wins from 19 games, 29 points. Um, and there's no other way to paint it up. You're pay, playing the worst team away from home this weekend in Reading, 24th in the league, 11 oh, yeah. points from 19. Um, I, I love to put these stats in because at some point we're going to get a win. You're going to get because, a win, yeah. Because, <laughs> because someone I'm going to jinx it against. I don't like to jinx it against people, but um, as I'm going this weekend, I want to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> kind of, what, 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 what's your prediction for this weekend? Um, it's, yeah. I- probably one of those games which you'd probably want to win i feel <laughs> i mean i think i think we definitely do um but i do again i'll go back to i think i think the injuries and and what nigel pearson will have to pick from will dictate a little bit um yes i would certainly be disappointed if we don't come out with something from the game um we have been quite attacking of late at home we've seen some some decent performances um haven't always finished off the chances that we've had so yeah, if, if you know, knowing that stat as well, and and knowing you've got um, the points deduction hanging over, which is gonna, it will impact the players. It's bound to. 
Um, I would like to think that we would get perhaps a, a sneaky uh, a sneaky 2-1 win or 2-0 win, yeah. But now I've said that, I'm sure it will be a, a 2-0 win to Reading with Tommy scoring <laughs> <both> goals. <laughs> we can hope, we can hope. Um, <laughs> well, one thing it might not be um, is a draw because Reading and Bristol never draw. Um, last 19 league games, we've only had one draw. Um, so is again, it? I might yeah. jinx it and we might be yeah, lucky yeah. to get a draw. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, 11, 11 wins for Reading, one draw and seven wins for, for Bristol, I think it, it is. So I think from uh, our point of view, we, we've got to look at it that Yes, I think, although, as I say, it's not mathematical, but, you know, we've, we've got nothing to lose, really. So it, it would be great to see us go out and, and try and entertain. And, and certainly, I mean, no, no manager is going to come out and say, yeah, you know, we're going for a nil-nil draw. We're going to be solid and it's going to be really boring. You know, Nigel Pearson is saying that he wants us to go out and play. And so, yeah, it, it will be interesting to see. But um, now I know that stat, yeah, I'm... I'm I'm hoping for a win. <laughs> <laughs> I think anyone in your shoes probably would be as well. So well, it'd, probably, yeah. it'd be the same if it was the other way around, I'm sure. Yeah. So, Well, to be but, fair, we owe you one because you gave us an absolute lesson up at your place earlier on in the season. It was probably right up there with one of our worst performances of the season. So, Oh, yes, yes. No, no. I remember it was 2-0, wasn't it? Andy Carroll last minute. I Andy think Carroll got one in the last minute. Yes. Yeah, I don't know if it was two or three, but yeah, I mean, but it was a game where we just we were never in it it was um, a dreadful was game from memory it was absolutely yeah. yeah it was yeah. it was it was dreadful and uh, like yeah no i i do remember it now yeah it was andy carroll last minute and um yeah, yeah it wasn't the most exciting um no. but no. no reading fc game has been this season <laughs> to be honest um yeah we we play defensive football time wasting football but yeah that is the paul Ince philosophy so um so yeah um is, i mean hope... sh- how, how popular is paul Ince? oh that's a that's a touchy t- topic um not overly anymore. No, no. His um, his press conferences. He said that players can't play football. Um, doesn't take the blame. Blames everyone but himself. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, I think that's a bit of an old school way of dealing with things, isn't it? But yeah. it's yeah, it it's not great because it came. It seemed to come out of nowhere when he got the the initial kind of. Um, you know, caretaker type role, I suppose, didn't it? But yeah. He he came as he came in as a caretaker until we find a new boss, but no one comes in as a caretaker from outside the cut um outside the club no. who um yeah who isn't gonna be there for a long time. So yeah. It it was a weird one. A lot of fans have wanted him to go over the international break, but he's still here. So you yeah. know we're gonna have to try and buckle up and um try and get a few wins from somewhere because um, yeah, yeah we need it. So, um, well, I, I, yeah. personally, as long as we survive, I, I hope Reading survive just because I, I love it's a, a oh. nice trip up the M4. So, Matt, you're a gen, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I genuinely yeah. do, I genuinely do. So, yeah, yeah, fantastic. But, well, no, maybe well, not this week. hopefully, we do step. Hopefully, this won't be our last uh match against you guys for a few seasons. Yeah. Um, yeah. but um but yeah we'll probably we'll we'll, we'll wrap it up there for the Fine, for the yeah. for the for the for the preview um of course we'll be back after the um the Bristol City game um reviewing whatever performance we get hopefully it's a win <laughs> but um with us away from home I don't think I can really say that um we will of course be back though we'll be be reviewing that Matt thank you so much obviously for, for joining us on, on on the podcast if if you want a bit of Bristol of City season, no, thank you so much. Yeah, and um, if uh, if you need any Bristol City lowdown, go check out Free Peeps in a podcast. Um, so yeah, we will catch you after the Bristol City game. Thanks very much, everyone.